Hello and welcome to Persistent and Nasty Podcast. This is our Edinburgh Festival Fringe 2019 series. Throughout this series, we will be talking to women of the fringe, from producers to directors, writers and performers. We hope you enjoy all of the podcasts and get along to see as much of it as you can. This podcast was recorded at Assembly Club Bar with thanks to Sharon Burgess, Danny Ray, Connell, Chris and all of the staff at the club bar. As we are recording out and about, you may hear some background noise. Hopefully it won't affect too much, but it might just give you the vibe and atmosphere of the festival. So sit back, relax and enjoy some persistent and nasty women. started our podcast off podcast yep um so there's some content that y'all will never hear about our girl crushes and the reason we can't tell you them is because they're girls that we're stalking yeah trying to make our best friend we're doing some woo manifesting we're doing yes we're woo manifesting so if you've not heard the megan tyler podcast yet that's been the inspiration from our woo manifesting chat anyway Welcome to the latest Persistent Nasty podcast. I am here with the wonderful Erin McGee, wearer of many hats <laughs> or crowns and general creative superstar. Do you want to do oh, your own intro? You. I feel like I've given you a little something. I mean, I, start you're, you're very much upselling, which I really enjoy. Um, I'm Erin McGee. I am a playwright slash admin monkey slash dramaturg uh, slash wannabe producer type person I feel like wannabe producer you can't say because you actually are a producer I think yeah I by think... default you are now a producer if you if you're doing anything producing related you just call yourself a producer because and actually me and Louise have had this chat before about what's the difference between an administrator and a producer absolutely sweet effie yeah <laughs> administrators produce things they just do more of the running around bits of the producing and the producers do like the kind of making sure it's producing that I is think, true. in my head. And maybe just totally like No no no. I think I think yeah, there is it's definitely like a, a step or a, something that there's lots of crossover. I think there's just a thing with especially since everybody loves to say emerging artists. Oh, we love it. So everybody is I think when you go, Oh, if I'm an emerging artist, I can't have a title yet because I'm too busy emerging. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, my, my rock's really heavy. I'm just peeking out for now. Yeah. I'm like, when do I emerge? I don't know. <laughs> And I damn well feel like it. Mm. So we're we've just come out of your play at the Traverse, your breakfast play, The Future Is, and your play was Mooning. Yes, it was. Oh, I really enjoyed it. Thank Honestly, you. I thought it was so nice to see. I'm, I've not seen a rehearsed reading in a long time. Um, in fact, other than like the rehearsed readings that we've done with our events, I've not seen one properly. And it was so good to see actors just playing on script yeah i forgot how nice it is to see something that's just not finished and unapologetically unfinished because that is exactly what it is and i i love that i think that is just yeah. exciting to see there's definitely magic in that i think yeah. uh, every time i see a rehearsed reading there's there is a certain liveness to it, a certain oh this isn't polished so there's it's like you get little glimpses of 
moments that could happen in the play maybe and if it goes further down the line or moments that could only happen because it's a rehearsed reading and so I think there's totally magic in there. It is exciting and so is this the first play, the play is Mooning? Yes. And is this the first play that you've written or? Well, um, there I, can't, I think, I know lots of people call themselves kind of accidental playwrights. I feel like I should have a badge. Um, <laughs> but I did a bit of playwriting at uni um, in my undergrad and then in my postgrad. And I remember I loved writing really weird plays and kind of, I went to Queen Margaret for my undergrad and they totally were a place where they went, you just have a free for all. You fill your boots, you live your life. So I pitched, um, a play where I wanted it to be about elderly lesbians in a sex shop in a world where being LGBTQ plus was normal and being um, heterosexual was not normal. And the man who ran the shop was heterosexual and pretending to be uh, otherwise. And they were like, yeah, sounds great. And I remember my feedback was, I kind of wish you'd done some sort of murder with the sex toys. But that's fine. <laughs> um, so lots of like little things like that. And I kind of really fell in love with the formula of writing. And um, when I started doing dramaturgy work, again, kind of just going, oh, I really want to bite into this. Um, did the classic thing where you do a one woman show because you can't afford an actor. So you go, oh, I'll do it and that will be fine. And then you hear the narrator go, it was not fine. <laughs> um, but um, so did Trav Young Writers and then ended up on this crazy journey of doing mooning. It's so good, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you got to work with um, loads of different dramaturgs and directors as well. So it was yeah. the script kind of developed with you? Yes. So to be fully honest, I applied. So you had to respond to a theme, which was the moon landing and making a great leap. And I sent my application in about five minutes beforehand because the year prior I'd applied for Breakfast Plays and didn't get it. I went, look, I'm not going to get it, but I need that. I need to get the rejection and just take it. And so I went, I'm just going to write something crazy. I'm going to pitch a play with bats and I'm going to have a call and I'm going to and it's going to be fun. And then had the beautiful moment of them saying, yeah, we want you to write it and going, oh, I have to write that. Oh, Okay, um, so I got, they gave me a mentor, which was Douglas Maxwell, who was incredible and just gave me amazing advice um, and tea cakes. And then... Very important. <laughs> and Eleanor White uh, dramaturged it, so she's the travel literary, literary associate. Um, and she was kind of giving me steps through the draft. And then Finn came in and just saw things that I could never have seen in it and the cast were amazing, and it sounds like a complete fairy tale and it's a bit of a lie, but it's just what happened. I just showed up and went, oh, this is dead great, this, this is lovely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it all just kind of came together and kind of just took on a little life on its own. I know, it must be really interesting seeing something that you've written then be taken by a director and actors and kind of the different aspects that maybe you didn't know were there or you did know were there, like pulled out in like different ways or the same way and just seeing that come alive must be really amazing to watch. Yeah, it, it really was. And like, just, I think there's, development I think as a thing is just so underrated because you get the most amazing, brilliant, weird questions where an actor might take a, a line which you think is kind of throwaway and 
get purpose from that and get drive from that and it's just it's just unbelievable so did you have the actors in working with you and then like did you do more writing after or was it the the script was there and then the actors worked on it so the we did the rehearsals yesterday oh my lordy came in with the rehearsal draft and it was just kind of thundercats or go <laughs> um so the actors had had a read of it already so they kind of had time to process it a little bit. Finn had read it already. And uh, and then it was straight diving into questions. And um, what Finn was really good at was going, okay, so this is a rehearsed reading. So what do we need to add in here for the audience so that they get the things that they would get in a full production? And um, and being like, we need, we need a gag here. We need this here. And just working through... The kind of formula with it, and then completely switching it up and playing with it. Which is yeah. And so, what was it like working with a male director? Because I know from <laughs> from previous chit chat that you are so used to working with women. Yeah. From like your stellar quines and all your other backgrounds. <laughs> I feel like I was raised in a jungle full of women. Women uh, wolves. Yeah, women wolves. Uh, my mum is a single parent and my sisters are a lot older than me. So like 11 and 13 years older than me. So I basically grew up with three mothers. Fantastic. Went into uh, uni life and came out and jumped straight into working for Stellar Quines, which is an all-female theatre company. And I did have a moment where I received the email from the Trav saying that the director went, oh, that's a man. Oh, me- oh yeah, men direct. Oh, yeah, Aaron. Oh, yeah, come on. Um, I remember now. I remember that. Um, but, yeah, it's great. Um, I don't know why I just always assume directors are women, but I think, you know, that's a great thing to have is if you're going to have wrong assumptions, it's a nice one to have. Yeah, and it is. It's a, it's a rare one in this world, I feel. if like In a world where like we tend to like gender-assume roles, mm-hmm. um, it's nice that you've unwired and rewired yourself to just presume everything's done by women because that's what you've seen. I love that. Yeah, it, it is weird. I think um, it's a nice... It's always a nice change as well to go from a company like Stellar Quines where you can see the gender at such a forefront and such a priority and to go into other spaces and go oh I'm not actually having to do any work here this this is this is fine like I don't have to be worried about this because obviously the stellar coins is such a structure of we're gonna you know fight the power and then you go into this room and you're like you're seeing the impact of that you're like I don't need to fight anything here because this is a really nice safe space and it's it's lovely (laughs) and how do you find it working with um I mean if that's like kind of what you've always been doing. Do you find that like working in an all-female space is like, because you do get that kind of, oh, you work with women. Oh, is it really, <laughs> is, it, is it quite bitchy? Yeah, but I don't, I mean, I've just never had it. I suppose it's just a thing of, I've my default is always to be surrounded by women. So if anybody were to ask me, Oh, how is that? Like, it's kind of just like being in my house at Christmas. <laughs> it's kind of just like me being in my group of friends at the bar. It's kind of just, it's just different. That it's just, just that's where I work. I um, and, you know, there's sometimes crossover. Sometimes we work and then go to the bar, but it's... Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think we've, we've had that kind of question come up a few times because obviously with our Women of Fringe podcasting, mm-hmm. 
we are speaking to women who are working on these female creative teams and I always think it's really interesting to ask that question mm -hmm. because people do presume that there's going to be this kind of like catty conflict mm -hmm. and we've not had anyone come back and go yeah absolute nightmare fucking hate working with women <laughs> nasty nasty bitches they've all been like you yeah. know actually working with women has been supportive mm -hmm. we all are able to communicate we had in on our panel discussion yesterday we had our event and um there was like two women who had different different opinions and it was totally fine yeah like there was that kind of like back and forth conflict tension mm -hmm. but at the same time it was like they were both listening they were like yeah well I mean, this is my point. That's your point. Cool. And it was, and it was so interesting because I think like it's lovely that you can openly talk, and that's that's just fine. Yeah. And it's okay to not to have the same opinion. Yeah, I think that's really important. If you're doing anything creative, it's really boring if you've got people that agree with you the entire yeah. time, and you're not going to get the best thing that you can out of it. Yeah. I think the best things come from disagreements or, but yeah, it is really weird because I, I feel like I almost can't talk on what the basis of comparison is just yeah. because my experience has just been so lovely i feel like i'm in a little beautiful feminist bubble utopia type place <laughs> we just need to like push the boundaries of that bubble and yeah. bring more people into it bring in loads of like wonderful allies just just make the bubble bigger yeah just, let's all just keep blowing air out and just like push the boundaries and just, that's it just and a we'll giant in our lovely utopia i would love that oh, nice. <laughs> i've like created it in my head like i can see it it's just wonderful everything's like slightly pink uh-huh <laughs> just but like a tasteful pink yeah like tasteful pink like Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think like what what pink that would be. Maybe it doesn't yeah. need to be maybe it can be blue. Maybe I just think rose tinted. That was like my kind of yeah my thoughts. You don't need to apologise for pink. <laughs> I think that's another thing is like my mum kind of taught me. My mum's I'm gonna say older in case she listens to this podcast. Um, but I'm wiser. But she was always just like a case of oh, but this is what. And she never had a conversation until I was a lot older using the kind of words of feminism, but my mum always just says oh fill your boots like if you you don't you can be girly and you can do this or you can like you're not not a feminist because you don't like pink um, like she's just <laughs> she's always been really straightforward about stuff like that which is great yeah because that's it it's like you don't need to conform to rules with it is it it's mm. like just because yeah you say you're a feminist doesn't mean you need to be a certain way yeah we're all human we're all everyone's got different thoughts and opinions and being a feminist is being an equalist at the end of the day isn't it it's just yeah. kind of anyone can be an equalist anyone can want equality for everyone yeah so you can like pink you can like blue you can like neither and that's fine yeah <laughs> that's our oh, real mess i love wow. it when you just come in and hit you with the message <laughs> i'm rambling and going well my mother and colors and you're going just hitting hitting home Jeez, and i feel like i'm not but I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that it feels like that to you have we said that we're just it's like 10 a.m and neither of us are particularly caffeinated because i think that's an important we're distinction half, we're half calf half we're half calf We've got our coffees. Yeah. We're we're trying to drink them as quick as we can to give this to pick this pace up. Come on! Oh come yeah, on, yeah. Go, go go energy, energy, energy. By the end, it's going to be like an episode of Gilmore Girls. Just <laughs> constant. <laughs> yeah, joke, joke, joke. <laughs> Actually, that was something I loved about your play. Mm. Going bringing it, bringing it right back. Oh, right. I what see. Did you add in there? <laughs> yeah. I loved how funny it was. Aww. It was just. I was watching it at one point. And I was like, I have no idea where it's going, but I don't care because I love how like 
funny every like every line i was like i was literally sat chuckling <laughs> every line I was like, it's just it's so well written erin honestly like i really like every line i was like oh i like that <laughs> there was what was my favorite there was a really it was the bit i don't want to like spoil it and i was actually listening i was listening into some people's conversations we came up out out the theater as well Ooh. and it was the line about um the Shakespeare being niche. Yeah. <laughs> and there was like, there was uh, two guys ahead of me and one of them was like, yeah, but I, d I don't get why everyone laughed at that. And the other guy was like, because Shakespeare, it's like Shakespeare, like it, it's niche. It's like, it's, and I was like, just, I was listening and I was laughing at these two, like having to explain it. And I was like, it's actually just so funny. It's really <laughs> clever. And it's like, you're, everyone goes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And none of you listening will get that unless you see the breakfast plays, Mooning. Please do. Please um, do. It's you, about cult. You might like it. You will absolutely like <laughs> it. And you've got a few more days of it as well, don't oh. you? We should do a quick plug. Just oh, oh yes. Plug. Um, it's on the 21st and the 25th and you get a free cup of tea or coffee and a roll with yeah. your ticket. And the, the roll options are uh, great as well. You've got eggs, bacon, sausage. So, so you can really have anything in that roll. Yeah, there are veggie options. Yeah. Uh, so the veggies, I wasn't looking at the veggie options. I was oh i was there at the end i was i was determined to be the last person into the theater so i was looking at the pure scraps that were left behind um but <laughs> i dregs of the bacon but i heard rumors of veggie <laughs> options are you veggie no oh. actually so you were like you were just curious you're like i just, I just want to make sure everyone's catered for <laughs> you know when you're just you're sitting and i think my mum was there and when you're taking care of your mum you're just over aware of everything around you. Yeah. And I think I kind of micro I think I micromanage my mother. I really Wonderful. do. I should go to I should go to therapy about it. <laughs> if if we're together, I'm like, right mum, so this is where you get the tickets. These are the options for you. Is there a veg my mum's not vegetarian either. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you get your cup of tea. I'm gonna do this. Do you have your ticket? Are you all sorted? And I mean my mum lived a long life without me. I don't know why I think she needs me now. I love um, that. But and so, do your older sisters do that as well? Do you, or do you feel like as like as the like remaining the remaining one? <laughs> um, I think there's a bit of it. I think um, there's a lot of uh, kind of anxiety in my family that kind of runs in there, and all of I think our little anxieties manifest themselves in different ways, yeah. and we all know each other so well that I think we kind of just take hold of what we know is going to make that other person nervous. So. For example, for my mum, it's airports. If my mum is in an airport, all, all of my sisters will step up and we're like, you need to be the gate at this time. If she goes, to, she's always scared she's going to beep through airport security. And we're like, okay, you're not going to beep. We're going to take your watch off. We're going to put it in the tray and just like, and things like that. Yes. And then um, um, I can't really handle if plans change. I don't really do well with things like that. Um, so uh, yeah, it's all just, it's just a family thing of knowing each other. And... How lovely. It's good. I, do you know what it makes me think of? That like thing where you've got like everyone's holding wrists. Yeah. And it's like it's just like that's really strong like support underneath everything. Yeah. It's so nice. You gotta have that. You gotta have a and I've got a really good group of friends as well who actually it's acts in a really similar way. You gotta good you gotta have a good squad as well. Yeah. Um, it's all about the coven. All about the coven. But your strong coven. And so how was it like going into the theatre with your mum? Going going in to see that? Oh, it was lovely. Um oh um my mum has in she's always been very supportive, but she hasn't always loved the idea of me being in theatre. Which I think happens to a lot of people. 
um, a lot of people have the kind of conversation. You almost have to come out to your parents as being an artist. You're like, I'm so sorry. She's like, but have you tried not being an artist? And you're like, I'm, I'm, this is who I am. Um, uh, but um, so it's always nice for her to see things and to kind of go, this this is what's made. This is where you were supposed to be. This yeah. is this is what's made for you, which is always nice. And it's it is one of those things as well where. I've completely lost it because I was putting my phone in airplane mode because I just remembered that I hadn't done that and I was really anxious that it was just going to buzz. We just do you? We were like Squarespace is an app. It's like it just goes into. I'm like we're talking about anxiety and I've been triggered. <laughs> I was going to say something really interesting and then I panicked myself about something completely irrelevant. Everything you say is interesting. Is. <laughs> Every fan girling each other. We actually like this is the manifesting, isn't it? We've manifested each other, and now we're a bit like, oh my god, we're in the same space, we're in a podcast. You slid into my DMs, and I was like, I'm gonna slid into her heart. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> it goes A B into the heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Straight heart. Oh right. No, what I was gonna say is, um, yeah, I just thought it was lovely that your mum had come like for the first show yeah. and I, I got to meet your mum and I was like oh my god we're at that stage already yeah, I, know. So I turned around and you two were talking to each other and I went my mother moves so quickly my mum is better at networking than I am <laughs> I mean we were comparing notes on breakfast rolls to be fair oh were you yeah it was important it is it's an important chat of the day She's just ace and small talk is little oh, Maureen, but you, you gotta do it. But no, it was it was amazing, and I think um, my mum had obviously read it already and had given me the amazing feedback of I just hope they get your sense of humour, <laughs> like great. Um, <laughs> thanks for that. Solid. Oh, okay. Um, it's a beautiful backhanded compliment, um, but um, no, it was it was really it's really special to share stuff like that with her. Yeah. So. I know, and it's it is so nice as well. Like be, like the audience was packed. Yeah. Like when I got in, I had to like slide along a row just to get one seat. It was it, it was, was intense. I was living for everyone there, and it was a crowd enjoyment. There was a lot of really hearty laughs. <laughs> they you. were awake and paying attention. Well, that is the, the I mean the the trav they're they're no idiots. They're like oh, we're gonna give them some coffee. We're gonna feed them a little bit. We'll get them in good spirits. And then we're just gonna throw the show at them that way, um, but yeah, no, the audience, the audience they, were great. They've picked a good show. Oh, to sh- to show and throw. Yeah, well, I, I actually was um, also wondering from a persistent and nasty perspective. I was like, I wonder how if she'd expected me to do a kind of all female type show, and then came in and went, oh, I see. <laughs> uh, inter- there are two men on the stage. Excuse me. <laughs> the ratio uh, is uh, off. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I simply can't be here. No. No, I, I didn't even, like, I had absolutely no um, preconceptions. I just thought, okay. I'm excited to see what this wonderful woman has written. And I, I like, didn't even think about it. Obviously, I noticed that it was a male direction. I was like, oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Women was. and man working together. Wow. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder how that works. <laughs> no, I, I think it's... Yeah, I kind of... I, who's podcasting who? Oh, I'm so I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm taking off. <laughs> I don't need that. I, no, I think. Tell um, me about your background. It's <laughs> so funny. It's yeah. No, I hadn't even um, because I think you don't really go in and be like kind of you don't want to critique it and be like, oh, why was there men? Because 
you lo like it's good to, yeah. there are so many talented and the, the guys were great the guys were amazing the talented really the whole cast was brilliant and they mm -hmm. were on it and it was it was flame yeah, it was flame it was total flame i just so, found it oh sorry oh that's okay i, was say, I just found it really interesting because um when i was speaking to eleanor about it me and her had a chat and um, so she was dramaturging on it and she said that when i said oh yeah because riley is the main character and she went is she yeah like in my head she is and she went i really thought like this story was about sean and it's just so weird what other people take from your show because yeah. in my head i'm going oh the, well, the, this is the woman's journey and this is all about her and other people are getting something completely different from it which is lovely but I, and for me i liked the the third one your moon man oh my oh he's still lovable so good there is a, a spoiler alert there is a spirit of the moon uh, played by the lovely Christian Ortega, who just nails it. So, and just nails it. If, if, I don't know what a moon creature is supposed to be like, but Christian does, and he does it. He delivers. Yes. But it is, it's like, you've got that kind of really serious beginning of like, I mean, obviously it's surrealist serious. Yeah. And it's, and then you get this kind of like whole other energy and it is so nicely kind of brought in and mm -hmm. just like manically mad. <laughs> there is it a is lot good. of, there's a lot of exciting stuff. Um, on right now I think that's kind of playing with the form that Scottish theatre traditionally comes in. Yes and, and it's so important. Yeah I think it's really nice that everybody's going we've we've established the rules and now let's break them and yeah. there's kind of like been a weird group mindset that everybody's yeah. kind of started to do that and I think I think it's great I think it's really lovely. Yeah. Because we're all kind of going and you know I think it's I can't remember if this is something I've heard somewhere and I'm just parroting it back or if it's my own thought. I don't think it's my own thought. <laughs> um, it's that idea of when the world's like in chaos and I mean obviously our political, we're not going to... When when everything's a bit chaotic, mm -hmm. art needs to do something a bit different and it yeah. needs to be almost like, like refreshing and kind of soothing. It needs to be like the kind of the bam like yeah. for that kind of like external like crazy you can't be going into the theater and watching something that is as crazy not as crazy but like it's kind of like eh, like kind of the turmoil almost yeah. of like the outside world you need something that almost like breaks that tension for you and i feel like that's where theater's going in a really exciting way and i feel like it's not really been there for so long i don't know if it's it's yeah it's it is just so nice to be able to go in to see these new plays that are completely and your play like it's got all the kind of like big topics that it kind of talks about like it's got the question of what is the future and it, it in fact the line in it about or the kind of idea of don't um I'm gonna to totally misquote it. And oh, do make it better. Absolutely no justice. <laughs> but it's the line about um, don't judge my world, thinking that your world is better just because it's bigger. Yeah. And it's about oh, it's about like talking about how like it's about like the world being a prison. And yeah. Like, don't judge my prison when your prison's just bigger. Yeah. And I re like that really like hit home for me about like the rules that you've got and the kind of conformist ways that you need to kind of like, or society kind of like makes you feel that you need to live by. Yeah. And I think that was like so good to hear. And it felt like a real catharsis of, oh, yes, you're so right. 
I'm off to join a cult. Oh, please. See you later. I'm oddly invested. I, I mean, I started writing this because, um, obviously, who isn't a little bit obsessed with cults just now? And then I started thinking about why we're so obsessed. And I do think we have a little bit of a thing right now where the world is almost too big for us right now. We're all kind of just overwhelmed all the time. And we do have like a weird flirtation with the idea of everything being simple and everything being compact and kind of understanding a smaller structure Absolutely. again. Because it's just easier. I mean, like, I know I know there's a thing of all roads lead back to Fleabag, but there's that scene where um, she's saying, she's like, I just want somebody to tell me what to wear and how to put my hair. And because I, and I do think that is a thing. Mm-hmm. And I, there's also kind of a weird contrast just now where millennials are, and something that I try and write about is that idea that millennials are kind of flirting with the idea of fulfillment over traditional success and what that looks like and what that means to us. Yeah. Like more than ever, there's a lot of people who are going, we just want to be happy or this job isn't making me happy. Mm-hmm. Even 10 years ago, if you watch the old sitcoms, if somebody says, I just quit my job, it is seen as the biggest thing ever. I feel like my friends tell me every week that one of them is quitting their jobs now because it's not making them happy. Yeah, but that's why like, there's two directions I want to go in. I'm going to pick one right now. I'm going to go for option B, buzz, yep. is my answer. That, um, it, it's that kind of like, and it's kind of similar to what we are saying earlier about being in the arts. Yeah. You think that quitting your job is going to be like you're throwing things away and you're like, that's like a wild card option. And the same with like going into the arts, you've got, you're like, well, I'm going into the arts, so I'm going to be very poor and I'm not going to have any work. <laughs> it's going to be very, very hard. But actually, there, there is work there. You just need to kind of power on, sometimes make your own, sometimes kind of wriggle into roles that maybe you've not done yet. And you kind of think, well, I'm going to just say yes and hope for the best. Yep. And, and it is that if, if it's not making you happy, we do have that liberation now where we go, well, we'll just find something else. Yeah. And that's such a power move in society where, we, like, our generation mm-hmm. feel like they can do that. Yeah, I think it's not spoken, of, spoken about enough how much of a shift that is in mindset. Yeah. And there is the, the kind of thing, again, I'm quoting Harry Potter now, but um, you're going to suffer, but you're going to be happy about it because yeah. you've been given the option to suffer. Yeah, exactly. And it is, and, and with that... With that power and freedom comes other things, and it, it I, I totally get that anxiety of that ping, like pinballing around, kind of like a lot of space and a lot of like nervous energy, and there really is that that kind of tension in in us youngins. Yeah, too many. I think some of it is. I mean, I don't want to say too many options. I'm going to regret saying that, but there's it almost is i mean if you don't and if say you're a theater person and you're living in edinburgh you go maybe i'm gonna move to glasgow maybe i'm gonna move to new york maybe i'm gonna it's there's so many options that just didn't exist before (laughs) which is it is so exciting but when we're like if you kind of like look at the the sapien history when you're used to just like you get up you attend to your sheep and your farm and your flock and your or you go to like whatever job you've like you're kind of daily doing if that's the kind of like i mean i'm, I'm obviously not learned in the sapien history <laughs> but if that's the kind of like the traditional kind of way of 
humans having this kind of total like it is literally like rules removed you yeah. can you can do anything that is like a massive shift and we're like it has been a slowish shift that's been like the there's been more and more like with all the like steam trains and factories yes going back a little way and and everything kind of exponentially growing from there but it there's definitely like a kind of anxiety that's come with it that's only now becoming very prevalent and very stressful in its excitement yeah I mean, I think that's part of the thing, just always circling back to the play. But I think the the kind of the main character for me, Riley, that's her total attraction to joining a cult is that she just needs to not have options for a while. Yeah. Letting a small steam train go past. I think an act of God just stopped me from <laughs> trying to say that. Stop. <laughs> no, you're thinking too much. No, I think, yeah, that's... Um, and I, I think, yeah... It's very relatable. Yeah. Ooh. Oof. That's deep. That is deep. quick, make a joke. Ah. I'm so sorry. No, no, I, it, but it is so interesting to think about because, I mean, that, but that's what is so great about theatre, isn't it? It yeah. brings up these different kind of thoughts that, that we're all kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. And that we're all kind of going through this. We're, we're all here on planet Earth right now. Yeah. And it's interesting to kind of like have that discussion and be like oh yeah I'd never really like thought about it in a lot of depth but that's that is how it is yeah so what's next for mooning <laughs> moving moving, moving swiftly on. on with absolutely no I would love to say that well uh hello anyone is, out there listening here's my three-point plan um but anyone out there listening I mean if you like it and come see it and you have plans for mooning let me know um I think that it's already kind of on its it's already kind of changed even yesterday i feel like it changed and became something else which is so exciting and um, you know you, the second you get other people in the room things get better i think yeah. um but i don't i don't really know what's next i was you know it's the, one of those things where you go okay this play is done for a little bit and it's kind of put on the shelf and i'm writing something else and then that's my baby for a while and maybe i'll hear a song that i wrote um i wrote wow um, oh, the, no i'm not that i was listening to when i wrote <laughs> mooning and that'll kind of take me back yeah. and then i'll kind of go back into that space but right now it's kind of that's where it is it is where it is and we'll see what happens yeah and what's next for erin mcgee what is next for Erin McGee? Um, I am just now working on another play called Cricket, which I am developing with Shift Theatre Company, who very did the Pride nice. plays, um, who are just very exciting people. They're also really good pals of mine, which I have to say, um, Sarah, who's, the, um, who's involved in Shift, I told her I was writing a script and she is one of those essential women that you need in your life who's like, okay, so we're having a glass of wine next week, bring your script and then we'll message you in a couple of months going, so are you just, are you sending me a draft anytime soon? What's the crack? Um, so yeah, they've been great. So next project on the go and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> exactly, it's exponential growth, that's what it'll be. That's, oh, yeah. that's what's in the pipeline. That's what's in the pipeline. That's so good and I think that, it's so important women helping other women and people helping other people and if you've got a again this is something we kind of like talked about yesterday in our panel um sorry i keep harking on about our panel but it's 
fresh in your own mind. <laughs> but it was that idea of if you've got a position of power, if you've got a platform of any sort and you can help someone, even just like bring it, even if it's a really low platform, even if you're literally just doing like a wee step, yeah. bring the net, like bring a couple people up onto the step with you because it makes such a difference having that helping hand mm-hmm. and a wee bit of support on your, on your long journey. Absolutely. It's so nice to have allies around you that you can help and they can help you and that's what makes our industry so exciting I think that kind of mutual support and kind of everyone being like oh bolster them on a wee bit because they've been like plugging away so let's give them a wee bit of like wind in their wings yeah I mean I'm flyer at them or something just like any wind at all just I will help you I do I do think there is a thing of um I mean I've had so much help um in various areas I feel like there are lots of people who have found me in little Moses baskets outside their door and gone, I am going to teach them how to do this. Um, Sweet baby. It all come, for me, it, again, I'm just quoting things this entire podcast. It, None of it is it. original thought. But uh, I, when I was little and I was watching Boy Meets World, I always remember them talking about people change people. Mm-hmm. And that's always what I come back to. Yeah. Like everything, I think everything is connected to that. Yeah, absolutely. What a message. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Feeney, Boy Meets World. Great work. So, this is an exciting question for you. It's not really a question, it's more like a kind of... We've been asking everyone on our um, on our podcast. You may know what's coming, or you may I not. I oh, oh, don't cringe, it's going to be fine. You're going to do great. I'm sure. You're going to nail it. I just know that. You can't see. Misha's holding my hand as I'm breathing into a paper bag. <laughs> it's really quiet, but there is like that... Yeah, that's just, I don't breathe properly <laughs> at all. <laughs> what do you feel, think, express when you hear persistent and nasty? It's a great question. <laughs> it's also terrifying, I know that. I know. It really is. I think it's really easy to jump into, like, well, persistent means this, and nasty means this. Um, but I think there, there's just a force in it. I think uh, being persistent and nasty to me uh, always comes... I always wanted somebody to describe me as a force of nature. That was like my goal as a child. It was always in really romantic books that she was a force of nature. And I thought, what an amazing thing. I do think there's something about being yeah, persistent and nasty is completely just being a force of nature. It's, I can be something that is beautiful and natural and caring, or I can be something that destroys what I need to destroy. That's as good as I can do. Erin, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you now, with that answer, I can confirm you are a force of nature. Oh, thanks. You're a force of nature too, Misha. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> it's so early still. I know, it's too early for emotions. Emotions, emotions, emotions. Yeah, get rid of that emotion. And so, if you give us another plug about mooning in your breakfast play and where it can be found, when it can be found, and any social media handles. Oh. Give us give us a final plug about what people can catch. This is what I've been trading for. Um, <laughs> so Mooning is on at the Traverse Theatre at 9am. Uh, come to be fed and watered. It's on the 21st and the 25th. If you like cults, you will probably like this. Uh, my Twitter is Erie McGee, which is now just entirely self-promotion right now, but occasionally there are tweets about shaving my legs. Love it. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for giving me this time, this 
drink morning. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it has been an absolute delight. <laughs> Thank you so much, Erin. Thank you. Stay, Stay nasty. nasty. <laughs>